0: I recently switched out my winter wardrobe with my summer clothes. Do you do this too? Each time I have the opportunity to take stock of what I have, what I use, what I need to donate, and what gaps I'd like to fill. One of the funnest ways I'd love to fill those gaps is through Armoire, a clothing rental membership that can help you build the perfect summer wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your online closet. The styles show up to your door in as little as two days. Then, when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to use styles that help fill those wardrobe gaps without the major investment or commitment. For my first case from Armour, I chose mostly summer dresses from Bowdoin, a brand I can't typically afford, and the chicest double-breasted black blazer from Paige that has honestly surprised me in its versatility. I have loved having more options in my summer wardrobe without the pressure of keeping them forever, and I've already been building out my online closet with Armour so I know what I want for my next case. For you expecting mamas, those working or style obsessed who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style progress. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E.style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth... Happy 500 episodes. I am really excited to share this bonus with you today where we do an Ask Me Anything, all podcast related, with my amazing podcast manager, Taylor Rockwood. Here we go. Welcome to our 500th episode. I am so excited to be doing this. And also really pleased that today we get to bring back someone you've heard from recently. My podcast manager, Taylor Rockwood is going to be joining us today. Hello, Taylor. Hello. Thanks for having me back so soon. I know this is so great. We didn't hear from you for like four years, even though (laughs) you're working for me during that time. And all of a sudden we get you like twice in, in just a span of a month here, she was on a, how do you episode about group fitness? I think you should absolutely check out, uh, but Taylor's here as both the podcast manager and also a listener of the podcast. So someone who has that perspective and she's going to be facilitating this bonus episode where we are going through an ask me anything style, sort of episode where we are answering the questions that you submitted all about the podcast. And I think we'll just start by saying one thing is Taylor pointed this out is this is actually not our 500th episode. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about that, Taylor.
1: Well, I realized in like going through the back catalog that somewhere along the way, possibly before I was hired, there was some misnumbering of the podcast. For sure. Before
0: you were hired. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And so I think technically this, this might be like 502, but we're close.
0: Yeah, we're close. So that's kind of a funny behind the scenes right there is sometimes I have duplicated numbers and whatever we just kept, we kept going on with whatever the number was. Okay. So I'm going to uh, pass the facilitating mic now over to you, Taylor, and you're going to go through. These questions, which you have so helpfully categorized for us. So, how about you introduce the first category and we'll dive right in.
1: All right. So, we're going to start off by talking about the podcast past. So, if you could just give us a little history on the podcast to start.
0: Right now, this is our 500th episode. We are approaching our seven years. The history is very related to just what you heard on this podcast about my own story. So, I'm not going to go through that whole story. And I also say, fair warning my neighbor is getting their dog is getting kennel trained so that dog will probably bar- be barking the whole time and it's totally okay they're such good neighbors and they did warn us so we have to keep recording it it's okay um so how it how it started like a little bit of the history is because i was doing my do something list which at the time was i was calling it my 30 before 30 list uh 30 things i wanted to do before i turned 30 and it was all in an effort of me leaning into the mediocre and being okay to be bad at things on the list was start a blog. And as I was writing that terrible blog that nobody read, I got this like weird sense of confidence and more clarity on what I love to learn about and grow up and um, how things I wanted to maybe try, or I was interested in. And I started listening to other podcasts from women who I didn't know, but pretty soon found out that they were just like regular everyday people like me, like they didn't go to school for broadcast journalism. They didn't work for our radio. They just started a podcast on their own. And because I was in that zone of trying and it being okay to be bad at something, I just suddenly was like, I'm going to start a podcast. And I just started it pretty soon after. And that will, you know, for many good reasons, I'm glad I started it right away for some harder reasons. I think I I I did make a lot of more mistakes in the beginning than I wish I had thought a little bit more deeply through some things, including maybe the name of the podcast, um, like stuff like that. But in the same thing, it's very much reflective of what I teach here. So I guess I I'm glad for the mess and I'm glad for the mistakes. And now it's been almost seven years and it's evolved a few times. We've switched formats a few times. We've um, added in, we, we've switched how we talk to guests. It was more about just their stories. And now it's more of like a really refined topic. You know, I've learned a ton of business along the way. Never expected this to be a crash course in business, but it has been. And it's been in the ride of a life. So there's that history.
1: I think you're right. The, the podcast itself is a reflection, sort of, of your self development journey. And you've kind of let us all as listeners be a part of that. And I will say, I did read the blog. That's how I found you first. Oh. My mom sent it to me, and she was like, "This girl married into the Packer family."
0: That's awesome. I shared before
1: that my family grew up with your husband's family, so That's there were so some blog great. readers.
0: I love your parents <laughs> so much.
1: So, did you imagine that you would do it for this long and end up with five hundred episodes?
0: No, I remember being in the teens and being so proud of myself. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, like. 14 episodes. I'm like, I am basically a professional now. Like I am, I've been doing this a long time. And I love that. And now I'm just like, Holy cow. I never expected to get in the hundred episode range, let alone hundreds. Now I know maybe a third of those are kind of shorter episodes, but, but they're all episodes to me. You know, they all Mm -hmm. had that time and passion and work behind it. So no, I did not expect that. And it's probably been the thing I have been the most consistent about in my life (laughs) besides like some stable, like supportive habits I have on my own. Like this has been the most consistent venture I've ever had in my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Way they just keep showing up. What is an area of growth in the podcast that you're most proud of?
0: For me, I feel like the quality, like the sound quality has um, come really far as well as just the whole production value. And that's something I still do on my own. I still edit the podcast myself, all that music you hear added in, which sometimes I know sounds weird or like off. I'm still keep learning, you know, as I go, but I do think overall that's improved a lot. I think my own interview skills have improved the way I speak. I definitely, now I'm really watching the way I speak right now, but I don't have as many ums and likes and faltering around as I uh, did in the beginning. I have more confidence in speaking. Um, and I would also say that I feel like I'm getting better and better with time about getting shorter and to the point, And refining down what I have to say using less words, but having greater impact, which has been a real struggle of mine to do.
1: Good. So lots of ways you've experienced growth. The technical mm-hmm. aspect is interesting because that's something people don't probably see.
0: Mm-hmm. We have a
1: question later, later on about that, but okay. What is a cool opportunity that having the podcast has afforded you?
0: I didn't know how to answer that one at first. And then I thought about, well, you know, in general, it's just being able to interview people that I've read their books, which is mm-hmm. really cool. And like some pretty big people that we'll talk about more later. That is Probably my favorite opportunity. Um, the other one is just meeting a ton of people, both in the podcast and outside of the podcast in the community. I love the community sense. I like have the opportunity of being able to have women friends online, like as our listeners and the community we've created together has been just something I never imagined either from the beginning, but I will say there is something coming up. that I don't know when I can really share about it more, but I will say I was recently interviewed for a documentary that's going to be coming out in August or September.
1: Oh, very exciting. So
0: that one, and it's for some big name people, um, that I'm really excited to share about when I get there. And it, they were guests on the show. I'll say that. And, oh. and they wrote a book and, and this is, you're going to be able to read between the lines, but, um, they asked me to be as part of this documentary that they're doing based on their research and what they wrote so
1: okay okay you guys I don't even know what she's talking about like yeah it I, I be didn't like even, a- and I didn't even know about this is what I mean so yeah. that's like that's really exciting yeah I'm they filmed it in my that.
0: office here and I might be featured for 10 seconds of the documentary so I don't even know we'll find out
1: still cool so cool no I think that's a perfect answer to that question okay we're going to move on to kind of talking about guests and episodes I think this question has come up before when you've done Q and A's and it came up several times here what has been your favorite episode?
0: Yeah, it's always hard to answer because it's ever changing. It's usually like the last one I did, like the one that aired this week with, uh, Dan Davis from story was personally very special. Like that was one of those episodes where I left and went downstairs from the interview and told Brad, like that was an amazing interview. And so it's things like that. Uh, they change all the time. I would say of all time, my favorite episodes have, uh, more, per, there's more like personal favorites in terms of what they meant to me. Um, there's also achievement kind of episodes um, in terms of like what guests I got that I had one wanting for a long time. And we're actually going to kind of talk about those as we go, but I'll just say it's ever changing and mm. um, it's ever ongoing.
1: <laughs> it just, well, I, th- I think that's fair because I would kind of hate for you to be like, oh, my favorite episode was like 104. And like, here we are 400 episodes later. Like, yeah. no, you, you want to have a changing favorite. I think that's great. Um, I have
0: like at least a favorite every month where I'm like, that was my favorite recently. Um, but then they keep changing. So I can't even tell you, Oh, this one besides the one we just aired this week. So
1: I think that makes sense. What episode would you say has changed you the most?
0: So this is where I can get more specific. I think the episodes where I've interviewed people who have dealt with huge obstacles, um, sadly, some of them have passed away. Like Kim white from Kim Kim Kinkickett Kicket and Christopher Clark, uh, who died from ALS, and and my interview with him, he that was shortly before he lost the ability to speak. So that personally changed so much for me to hear about their life experiences and to like just know I want to be like them. I want to go through the hard of my life with my health held high and also feeling the hard too. That was something they both did um, so uniquely. Um, in terms of like what professionally changed so much for me, I would say there are like Greg McEwen, Eve Rotsky, the Nagoski sisters, anyone who I've interviewed, who has done a lot of research in this field and shared about it. It changed a lot for like the work that I do, because I've been able to pull concepts from, from what they've taught and also the research to back it up that have helped me just change the way I think about personal development and how I teach about it too.
1: Perfect. I love that. So I'm just, it makes sense to ask this right now. If you have a favorite guest.
0: Yeah. My favorite guest is Jennifer Finlayson Fife. I mean, she's been on the show maybe eight or nine times. Um, maybe more (laughs) in in various ways, like with other people by herself. And if you were to ask me what my favorite episodes are, a big chunk of them are her episodes and they are the Mm -hmm. things that have changed me so much. So I will say like her self-expansion episode that we did in January of 2023 this year, I think is my favorite of all time episode, but that again may change because of what it meant for me personally, what i learned from her. We had more of like this personal side to it. we had her talk about her mother, um, and her like ballroom dancing as like an almost 90 year old, like stuff like that. Um, but she's just an incredible guest. She's so smart. I write a million notes. I'm trying to just keep up with her vocabulary. Mm -hmm. and everything she's taught me both professionally and personally um changed my life
1: so she's a i second all of that i'm just part of my process for my work with the podcast i take notes as i listen and usually i take three quarters to one page notes and for her episodes it's easily like three pages of notes because i kind of take my own personal notes too so
0: i second all that
1: what is your favorite part about interviews
0: My favorite part is seeing a real person behind things. Like, it's just, it's been so nice to see that people are people. And that means for good and for bad. Like sometimes I've had like some guests I was really excited about and they have just been like a little not awesome. (laughs) But I'm like, Oh, you're kind of snooty. And like, suddenly they turn it on when I press record and you're like, wow, you're a different person. You're really happy. And the reverse is Honestly, mostly been true. Where it's like this really big person, and they're so humble, so down to earth, um, so genuine, and like someone you could be really friends with. But you also see, like, oh, they forgot the interview, and we had to reschedule a couple times, or oh, they were late, yeah. and that's alright, or oh, they were nervous about something going on with their kid, or oh, they told me they're having a really high- hard time with something. So just seeing the humanness from it has been really, really fun for me to be able to see that in the interviews is just the person behind things.
1: I love that seeing their humanness, mm-hmm. which guest were you most nervous to interview and or most excited? My daughter calls it being nervous sighted She always <laughs> says that about things. So, so maybe it's one and the same. I don't know. Maybe it's two.
0: I think those do blend in for sure. I would say in the beginning, I felt a lot more nervous going into interviews. And like that first one I did with Jennifer, that went viral, my only viral episode, which is <laughs> ironic. Cause I think it's episode number 13. I don't think I had misnumbered the episodes at that point, <laughs> but, um, I remember having to do like, you know, the Superman pose before I had post-it notes all around the computer that reminded me to slow down, to listen, you know, like things like that. Like I was so nervous to have her on, um, in most recent memory, someone I was really nervous to interview was Eve Rotsky. And I'll tell you why though. I was nervous because I had recently seen she was taken on Reese Witherspoon's network, like, oh, uh-huh. and did things. And I thought, if I do a good job for Eve Rothski, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon will listen to this episode and want me in her network.
1: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe.
0: (laughs) So I like hyped myself up so much. And as a result, I stumbled through that interview and I edited it so well that I think you can't tell, but I was just like, I love that interview being like a head bang on the the desk. Like, Oh, I just totally psyched myself too much. And most excited was Greg McEwen because he is a guest Mm -hmm. that I had pitched for years and years, as well as Emily Nagoski, like, please be on my show. And I just asked and asked and asked and asked once I got Eve Rotsky on though, like it opened the doors for Greg, the Nagoski sisters and more to come. Like now I, when I see a bestseller one, like Catherine price come up New York times bestseller for that, or Marissa Franco, um, for her platonic book, like I can now email people or, or DM them and be like, I've interviewed Eve Rotsky, Greg McEwen, the Nagoski sisters. And they, they open doors like crazy. So that has been really fun.
1: That's like a little like behind the scenes about kind of how that works as far as securing interviews. Um, yeah. You, you have to get like the one and have it open source for others. That's interesting. And as you're naming those names, I'm like, yep, love that one. Love that one. Yep. Uh-huh. Love that one.
0: Those are all exciting. And they were nervous-sided. nervous nervous yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I don't know. It's a all combination. So
1: is there someone you would like to interview that maybe you've tried but haven't been able to quite get that contact with?
0: Okay. That person is Priya Parker. And she wrote the the book, the art of gathering. I read it years ago. And I have literally asked her to be on the show for years, a couple times a year. And last year I got really close. Like I got through to the next, the next round. And then they were like, Oh, never mind, She's writing a book, another book for a while. So we'll be back to you. And then when I came back, they're like, yes, let's, here's the, 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 the place you need to go. And it's the same application that I have filled out. Like, Five times, so I felt like yeah. I got put back in the bottom of the list. So um, she's awesome. Just so people know, like I interview a lot of authors, but it's not because like I just want people on here to promote their books. I love learning from them. Period. And we are there to learn, not to promote mm-hmm. their books. But we often sh- end up sharing about the book. But sure, it's always part of it. So Priya Parker,
1: that's okay. We're putting that out. That's my white well podcast right verse. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there, this is like a separate question cause it's it is. maybe someone that might never happen or might, mm-hmm. who would be a dream
0: guest? I wrote down like the hugest names, like Oprah or Brené yes, Brown. Yes, I knew I, it
1: was going to be Oprah. I knew it. I,
0: I think I would probably cry for days out of fear in advance of those, either of those interviews. Um, I will say though, like, hey, I just had the thought, like, what about Meghan Markle? Like, I know people have lots of opinions about Meghan Markle, sure, but I mm-hmm. have to say, like, say, like, I think that's someone who has worked a lot on their identity and having boundaries and all that kind of stuff. That would be really fascinating to get her perspective. Oh yes, on. so there's that.
1: Cool. There's our dream guests out into the world. I love <laughs> yeah. it. All right, we're gonna move into talking about like the future of the Kay. podcast what is your goal for this year with the podcast?
0: You know, this goal, cause you are helping me with it It's two We want to grow mm-hmm. the podcast, like the people who are coming here to listen. And as part of that goal, I'm trying to get on a lot of other podcasts. Um, that's just a strategy for, there was actually a couple of years uh, that I said no to guesting on any podcast. Cause I just felt like I was too busy, but then I, I was too busy, but then I learned that's the number one way to grow. And it's actually been really helpful, not in that growth part, but it's actually been helpful in helping me learn how to speak better and to distill the ideas I have better to, to get more to the point that I talked about earlier too. So it's been more of a refining thing for me. It's helped me show up better on the podcast too, like being a a podcast guest. So that's kind of twofold there, but it all goes back to, we want to really grow the show. If, um, people don't know podcasting has become like a super saturated field. And me alongside all of my podcasting friends, I would say have been in a plateau with our numbers for years. And when you've been growing for years and then suddenly you're at a plateau, it's pretty, it can mess with your head, especially if those numbers kind of drop and then plateau again. And you're just like, what am I doing wrong? And it's just like, it's just a saturated field. You have to keep pivoting, evolving all that, but I'm just really focused on growth. And that's, um, mostly so that I can continue with the ad network I'm in and, and increase the, the payment I'm getting there. So I just don't cover my costs. I can also help cover swim lessons <laughs> or our weekly Costco visits that are now taking over our lives.
1: Yeah. I, I think the the financial part of it is something people like tiptoe around and maybe even you feel like you tiptoe around, but so I will just speak for myself as a listener. And what I've always told you and encouraged you is that the podcast is free content, free, valuable um, content where you teach people and you get these big names like right in our little earbuds um, for free. And I do not mind listening to an ad or two or four. I really don't just like I listen to the radio and I watch TV. um, That's just kind of the way it goes. So I always hope people understand that and can be cool with it and know that like it just, it's kind of all part of it. And I'm excited for you to grow as well and get on some fun shows. That's what we're working on.
0: Yeah. That means a lot to me. And, and honestly, that's probably one behind the scenes thing we should say is like, Taylor gets to see me at my most insecure and vulnerable and self-doubting and like being like, does this work or what's wrong with that? Or that happened. And, or do you think they'll be bothered if I do this? And, and she has such a good, you know, strategic, but also like very in the know mind about the industry that she's set me straight and helped me in ways that I can't even explain. So thanks for that.
1: Oh, that's nice of you. I think we have a good i get back and forth a lot of the time
0: me too we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will i become
1: senwa saga Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Do you have any plans for in-person events in the future?
0: I was talking to Brad about this a few years ago because we were kind of, Mm -hmm. Brad and I were chatting like our courses kind of going the way that workshops were because for a while workshops were the thing and I hosted like three or four of them until I actually didn't not only not make money, I lost money. like hosting those they're very expensive to run workshops and they're also extremely time intensive like way more than it, you'd ever think. So I and then workouts kind of workshops rather kind of fizzled out. Like people just like you couldn't get people to sign up and that was kind of across the board in the industry with my friends. And now courses kind of seem to me be going the same way. Not, not sure. But the reason I brought that up is because I don't have plans to teach one specifically uh, like a workshop style or a retreat or anything like that. I just don't have that in me time wise. It's not even about the money to me. It would be more about like serving maybe people who've been in my membership group or like something like that. Like it wouldn't even be advertised kind of thing. But I do want to do like a really casual potluck and. Brad brought this up and I think I talked to you about it too, like, or maybe you brought it up. Like we just like rent a pavilion and at a park and people just come potluck style that, okay, that was Brad's idea. So I'm not Mm -hmm. misremembering that in the words of a baseball star from years ago. Anyway, so they, so I just want people to come with food and just chat. So I do want to do that sometime this late summer. And I'll let people know about that on Instagram and the newsletter, just like a come together and eat and talk. And there's not going to be any cost or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Just sort of like a way to get a a like-minded community together. I'm sure people would be excited about that. That's Mm -hmm. a good idea. All right. We are going to move into talking about personal development kind of what your whole platform and podcast is based on um but asking a little bit about your own personal development.
0: Mm-hmm. So someone
1: asked, they said you talk a lot about habits. Are habits really necessary for personal progress?
0: Um my short answer is absolutely. My long answer is not in the way people might think. It's not like the like toxic positivity way like you have to have your life all to- perfectly together to grow um but I will say Part of why I got into habit formation is because I hit a plateau with my personal development. Like I couldn't grow the ways I wanted to more inside without having the outside everyday part of my life support that internal development. So like having better sleep, um, having like more of an internal strength, like spiritually with meditation or study, uh, spiritual study or journaling, um, having time by myself to exercise as an introvert, like that habit has helped me being able to have the energy I needed to grow. So yes, it is, but not in the way you think you can do I it in different ways. Yeah.
1: And of, of course I'll just do the plug for you. You can find out more at the sticky habit method. <laughs>
0: As always.
1: All right. What is the best thing you've learned?
0: One of the best things I have learned has been, um, I would say if I'm going to think like big picture with the podcast, like if I'm going to say more of the behind the scenes stuff, is that like, I mess up all the time, all the time, whether it's like stuttering when I'm doing an interview or me feeling like I totally, messed one up, or I keep getting a no, or I get ghosted from people who say they're going to be on the show or someone comes on and it's a terrible interview, or I host a workshop and I lose money. Like failure has not only been part of the process, it's been vital to it. And learning how to welcome that in has been huge for me as someone who either worked really hard to avoid it or did nothing to avoid failure. Um, welcoming it as part of my own development and the work that I do and the things I'm passionate has helped me do it better longer. Um, And same thing goes with parenting and my relationships there. Same goes with my own habits or like things I want to do. Like I'm building garden boxes right now made the mistake of thinking 16 garden boxes was a good way to learn how to build garden boxes. And I've only built two so far as I'm speaking to you. But even as I was building those garden boxes, like I've made a few mistakes and like old me would have been like, this was a mistake. Like I shouldn't have done this. This was done. Like I would have beat myself up. Um, and instead I'm just like, okay, so I'm going to do it this way, the next box. So I'm going to do it this way, different. Like I, I just keep tweaking, tweaking and pivoting. So that's been the best thing I've learned is just failure has to be part of the process. And it's a good thing as much as it's not a fun thing. It's still not fun. Um, I would say that's it.
1: Oh, that's such a good way to say that. You know, part of my job is like pulling quotes usually from the guest episodes, but that would be totally like a quote I would pull like what you yeah. just said, like <laughs> failure has to be part of the process. Mm-hmm. And, and you do a good job of like showing us, us listeners, your community, like the messy side of things. And I hope people feel the way I do, which is like, okay, if she's, if she can do that publicly and, and be okay, like I can do that in my own life and be okay.
0: You know, that's funny you say that. Cause that was actually, there's so much I knew I wouldn't be able to control this year about my personal life and business, having a baby. And that has been true even more than I thought <laughs> but. So one of the things I did know I could control moving into this year was how I wanted to show up in a way to the community that was better because I'd kind of just gotten busy and forgotten to do this more of sharing the mess, sharing the in-between sharing the failure. So I've been trying this year to be much better about modeling the process, modeling how it looks to try things and it not work out well, um, and, and, and just being able to track that better and, and model it has been great for me.
1: I think I used to get after you saying, you need to show the behind the scenes. Yes. And yeah. and you know what? You're right. You have done that. You have done that. And it's been really fun to watch.
0: I, I love your pushes. Yeah, that helps.
1: So what? speaking of listeners, what is something you wish listeners could understand better about podcasting?
0: Um, One, I would say it takes a lot of work. It really does. And it takes a lot of passion. Um, I couldn't do this without Taylor, like truly, I I would not have a good podcast if I was trying to do all these pieces by myself. And we should probably like, have you share what you do in in a moment too. Um, The other thing I would say is that it is also a strange medium because you don't get to see how the work lands, at least in real time. And even then not often, like every now and then I might get an email or a DM or a review. That shares how a, an episode impacted them, but 99% of the time you have no idea. You, you only have numbers and the numbers aren't even revealing either. Cause sometimes like the episode you think is going to change lives the most doesn't even get the average number of listed. So you can't stake it on that. You can't, you can't measure the impact. So I would say the thing I do want them to understand is I grow the best through them sharing about the show. Like if they want to help the show, I'd love to hear from them. That's awesome. They can do that. But the next best thing, or probably the best thing they can do is share about it with someone they love. That's it. That's the most important thing about podcasting. It's organic shares from your community.
1: Great. Everybody hear that? Do you like yeah. it? Share it. Send it to someone. I I've done that. I've been you mentioned um. Dr. Franco, I was talking to someone at the gym about like friendships and loneliness. And I was like, I have a podcast I'm going to send you. And it was was her episode. Like, and they were total, they were in response. They were like, I've actually been trying to find podcasts about this. So it's just like a, a fun way to share honestly with friends or even acquaintances or whatever it is.
0: Yes. That's great. Thank you for doing that.
1: Oh yeah. So speaking of reviews or comments or emails. How do you deal with or respond to, I want to know about positive reviews and comments, but also negative reviews and comments.
0: So starting with the positive, I feel like just like anything else, if you get like five people telling you good job and one person telling you bad job, you, you like seem to hyper-focus on the bad. So I try to make sure whenever someone sends me that like rare, like this episode really helped me or thanks for the work you do. I really do try to not glance over it and just be like. Like I try to actually take it in at the same time. I try not to like, just let that be the bolster to my work, like that. Mm -hmm. I have to have those comments or that I get prideful about it. So it's kind of like a healthy level of like soaking it in, but also being detached from it enough to like recognize the flaws that I need to work on or to not have to have that constant input of good to keep going for the negative comments i will say like that's one thing i feel like i've grown with over time there have been times in the past where i've based full episodes off of one negative review and i'm like hmm, i don't think i would do that anymore <laughs> like even if it had like a lot of personal impact like it made me really sad like i don't it's hard to not take it so personally but that's something i'm getting getting better at it just being able to recognize like when there's truth to it that i need to like recognize and say yeah that that's that's truth. Um, and I need to work on that and, or when it's just like an an unhappy person, you know, which most of the time it is, it's just someone who's not happy or the jealous in some way, which I'm Mm -hmm. jealous of people too. And that's where criticism comes in for me is when I'm jealous. So, um, unhelpful criticism, you know?
1: So it's kind of the same, like you don't put your worth in the good comments. You don't put your worth in the bad comments or you yeah. try not to,
0: it's a healthy level of detachment, but also still soaking in even the negative one to be like, what is, is true about this? Like, what sure. do I need to do a better job of making sure I'm sharing or even down to like, Hey, they didn't like that. Uh, I did. I used to do announcements at the beginning. They don't like how long those announcements would go. And I was like, that's fair. Okay. Let's work on that. That's funny.
1: Okay. And then I decided I wanted to make sure that I asked you the question that you ask your guests yeah. about like one small thing. So I phrased it as, "What is one small thing listeners can do to start towards their dreams?" Now I don't know if you knew podcasting was your dream, yeah. or if it has kind of ended up that way. But but what is one small thing they can do to start?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I will. I would suggest that you do what I did with the podcast and it's it's a couple things one is to announce it <laughs> so you're like this is happening and it's happening now or this date and so like you're kind of beholden to it in some ways that really helped me like i announced the podcast and dropped the first episode and said the next episode will be next week and because i knew people were getting were waiting for that i did it the yeah, next accountability. week and then the week after so there's that and the second thing i would do is um if you want to to move towards a dream is to to know why, <laughs> like, what is it really about? Is it, is about hitting a certain, like my dream is not to be like, I must hit this number. Although that's a goal. My dream is deeper. It's about impact. And so I think that's what your dream needs to be about. How will it impact others? How will it impact you? How will it impact your family? Like what's the deeper why behind it? Because knowing that is what will help you be consistent in doing it, especially when it's not necessarily about you. And I'll say like the flip side to this is I've had a dream to write a book. And I do feel like I'm getting pushed in that. I announced it. (laughs) Have I started writing? No, because I am spinning in my own inadequacy, my own self-doubt about it, as well as like thinking I don't have time, which Mm. I kind of don't, but it really is like, my doubts are making me think like five minutes won't matter of work here and there which is a lot of how I did the podcast for like five years was like increments of five to 20 minutes of work whenever I could. So, um, when you have that deeper, why behind it, I think it helps you move through that self-doubt period and allow yourself to make mistakes. I've just got to practice what I preach better in a different medium now. So in some ways do what I preach, in other ways, don't (laughs) like, uh, it's like, do what I do, what I say to do, but I haven't done with one of my dreams too. I get it. I really get it. If you're struggling with that.
1: Thanks for being, you're always very like real about how it's going about the process, about how other people should be like, I appreciate that. I think it's easy to connect with you. So
0: the answer
1: was for people to have some accountability Mm -hmm. and to find their why and I'll say too, like those small steps add up, kind of like you yeah. said, five minutes start small. here or there. So you heard it here again, everyone. <laughs> we look forward to Monica's book.
0: Yeah. Future. I think I just need to write a really crappy book and then sure. start working on it from there or just like get in the practice of writing is what it really needs to be. Um, I did mention that you were not going to share more about your job Um, And this is actually a question I did get not officially through the, the ask me anything, but someone said like, I'd like to know more about Taylor's job and how she got it. So let's just spend a few minutes sharing. What did you do in the podcast? And like, what would you recommend someone do, do if they want a job like yours? Okay.
1: Wrap up. Maybe I'll answer that on the flip side and I'll share how I got the job. Yeah. Which is a fun
0: story. Yeah. It's
1: a little, it's kind of funny. Monica posted on her Instagram, which was like, your Instagram was pretty small at the time, maybe a couple thousand. Yeah. And uh, my daughter, I have a son and a daughter. My daughter was like one year old and I am a stay-at-home mom and she posted that she needed like help, like an assistant or a marketing Mm -hmm. manager, whatever you called it. And I mean, I just like drop everything like Mm -hmm. kids, you're fine. Like, I don't even know where they are, what they doing. I got to write this email. So I just wrote you an email And then you sent back kind of an application where we had to like, listen to a podcast and make graphics and like write copy, which is what the job is to this day. So I did that. Um, And you were pretty like on top of it as far as the process. And then you reviewed that. And I think we had like a phone interview. And then you called me back and you were like, I'm so sorry. I'm going with someone else. And I was so crushed. And in that moment I was like, well, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm just, I'm just going to sell myself because you had said this, this other person had like a particular skill that I didn't necessarily have. And I was just like, I can learn that. (laughs) Um, And I just sort of went all in and advocated for myself, probably made you feel really uncomfortable because you were like, "Um, okay, let me call you back. (laughs) I think you like talked to Brad about it or whatever it was. um, And you ended up, calling me back and and said let's do it let's see how it goes and i think the amazing thing about working with you is we have always been very flexible and very understanding of each other like we just communicate often ask lots of questions i don't think we've ever been like mad at each other we just are really forgiving and like yeah work through things and i I don't know how anyone else can find such an ideal situation because I have it. I have the most ideal oh, situation. Don't go anywhere.
0: Know? No, I, 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 I have know? to add a little bit to that. Like, the okay. reason why I wasn't going to go with you was because Brad and I had talked, and he thought yeah. the family connection was the main reason Uh-oh. why I was going with you. Uh-oh. And because the the other girl had more professional experience. Yes. So that's why I'm like, this is the better candidate resume wise, but I have like this gut, like I want to work with Taylor. And Brad was like, I'm just worried. Like he wasn't, he didn't tell me not to, but he was like, I'm just worried. Like you're worried about hurting your parents' feelings or something. And yeah. I was like, that's valid. And then I get like, talked myself out of it. And then as soon as I was talking to you and you were like, I can learn this, like, tell me more. What does that, what does she know that I don't? And like, tell me, but it wasn't like, I'm offended and I'm upset. Like you were very fair. And I was like, the more I talked to him, like, yeah, I'm just going to go with my gut. Like, I, I just want to yes. work with her. So it, it's been such a good, such a good, Yeah, match. I feel so lucky. And Brad That's was awesome. so relieved. Like once I was like flipped over and he has said this for years, Who's like, that was absolutely the right call.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> good, good, good. So then as far as like i'll do whatever you need help with as far as like assistant type stuff um i'm in your email inbox a little bit um you know trying to get you on to shows helping any guests that are going to be on your show the bulk of what i do is getting the episodes up each week we have two episodes up each week so i you know listen and take notes and do the transcript and make the graphics and make a copy and get it on the blog and Get it on the platform that distributes it to all of the podcast platforms mm-hmm. there are a lot um it kind of help if there's any like last minute i don't do technical stuff like i don't do any of the editing stuff but technical as far as um the distribution platform i guess i help with that um
0: podcast applications you're my first actor yep. for that
1: yep people who you're- apply i've helped with You know, different stuff for your courses. My Uh, workshop. Yeah. Email marketing. I I love email marketing and have learned a lot about that and I'm passionate about that in a weird way.
0: We have to say Taylor's gotten our open rate from like the 20s percentile to like the high 40s to if not higher, which is a very big open rate for an yes. email list, just so people know that's Taylor and her amazing marketing <laughs> skills there. She writes really good subject lines and she actually does the newsletter too. She does a great job.
1: Yeah. I enjoy that. So I would say I, I wear a lot of hats and just you do. help with whatever you need, keep things moving forward. i your goals are my goals, you know, for the podcast. I'm super happy in my role here.
0: I'm glad to hear it. Well, that was fun. We got a little behind the scenes. We got a big overview. Um, I chatted a lot, even though I told you right before, I'm going to make sure I don't talk too much. And that didn't turn out to be the case, but I will say just like as a personal, thank you to you, Taylor, for making this possible for being here. I'm so glad you're happy with your job and uh, don't ever leave. And also to the, all the listeners, like, thank you so much for making this possible. Like being accountable to the listeners is a big part of why I keep showing up here it's that consistency piece because I know I I want people to have what I'm getting from the podcast in their lives too. Um, I just feel like I'm learning alongside them. So thank you for 500 episodes and this fall is seven years. So we're going to do a big giveaway for that. But right now in in June, we're doing just a really simple giveaway and it's just any reviews, new reviews left on Apple podcast slash iTunes this year. I'm doing a font design, um, bag. So it's just a really simple, um, simple giveaway. And if you do, if you enter a review now, you'll also be entered in the fall giveaway too. So you get like double entries there. Um, so if you want to say thank you for 500 episodes, that's what I will lovingly ask you to do. Go leave a review on Apple podcasts, Taylor, any parting words for the people who are here today and who have been with us or either 10 episodes or 500.
1: Just same thing. Thank you. Thanks for every, I see the emails that come through to Monica. I see little snippets here of the progress you make, like when you do the habit course or finding me or whatever it is. And I get just as excited about every member of this community's personal growth. Like I'm, I'm your cheerleader too, to all the listeners, as well as Monica. I'm grateful to be along for the ride.
0: Yay. Well, ditto there. Thanks for being here. And now go and do something with whatever you learned today, whatever that may be. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death